if God has something to say, He will move mountains to put you where He wants you. If He if He has something for you to do, He will put you on the, the platform that He wants you on. And every time I start getting in there and trying to make it work, it's just so much striving. And when and then when I just say, okay, Lord, I'm just open, man, amazing things happen. And, and you can just rest in that and yeah. This is the Hillsong Creative Podcast, where we hear from creative experts, influencers, dreamers, and doers, what they've learned and what we can learn from their journey as we explore, respond, and create. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is Rich Langton, and I'm super excited about the interview we've got for you today. But before we get into that, I just wanted to remind you that we're doing a new thing in season four, which is coming up, and that is we are answering your questions. So if you've got a burning question that you'd like to ask the creative team here at Hillsong Church, or you'd like to ask me about the way we do something here, just go to our bio in our Instagram and click the link. Or you can download the Anchor app on your smartphone and ask your question. And make sure you leave your Instagram handle so that we can let you know when we answer your question. But right now, we've got Chris Tomlin back on the podcast. It's sort of like a part B to our episode that we had a few weeks ago. In today's episode, we go into a whole bunch more depth and I ask him different questions. I think you're really going to love it. He's a great guy and he's super open. I think there's a lot to be learned from someone like Chris, who's done the hard yards, who's worked hard, and who's gone the distance, leading the church in worship, writing songs that inspire us to love God and to honor Him. So let's jump into the interview and I'll talk to you afterwards. Welcome, Chris, to the podcast. It's Thank so good to have you. Thank you. I can remember first meeting you. I was with Ruben Morgan and he, Rubes and you were riding together. Yes. And I got the privilege of coming over to your house and just yes. kind of observing the process. I remember that. I remember you staying at the house, yes. Uh-huh. So I read a book and didn't. I don't think I read very much because I was just watching you guys write. Yeah. Um, observe that. And it, it, I guess it, it encouraged me and it also challenged me in, in just watching the way you approached your writing. Mm-hmm. So people would know you for your many songs around the world. But I guess take us back to the to the start. Oh, yeah. When you're a little kid or... Wow. I read somewhere that you were maybe eight years old when, yeah. when you had an experience of yes. um, sort of knowing the direction of life. Yeah. Take us back there and... Wow. Um, my dad put a guitar in my hand when I was nine. Yeah. And my dad... Um, I grew up in a really small little town in Texas. Tiny. 2,000 people was the enti- entire... I think there's 40 people in my school. Yeah. Very small. Very small church. My dad put a guitar in my hand and when I was nine and started teaching me country music. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willie Nelson. <laughs> people who listen to this podcast probably don't know who that is. Right. But he's like this Texas legend, okay? And that's who I learned. It was Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson, these guys. That's who my dad loved. The Outlaws is what they were called. Right. My dad loved those guys. And I would l- learn to play music that way. He started mm-hmm. playing songs. But I, I'd play in church. I grew up playing in church. And mm-hmm. I loved playing in church. I loved the opportunity to play in church. And the, what you mentioned was... Just as I got a little older, um, I was at a youth kind of camp for the summer, mm. and we would go to this thing once a, once a year, and we'd gather. And I remember it was in a, it was in a time of worship. All we we're all singing. We we're all young. I was I think it was maybe seventh eighth grade, mm-hmm. and just gathered together. And I, it was it was just so beautiful. It was, it was so powerful. But there was something happening this one night, and it was. Um, it was on this university campus, 
and I felt like something hit me, mm. like fire, like my body was on fire. Wow. I didn't know what was going on. Mm. You know, I was young. I didn't know what was happening. No one, there was no preacher at the moment saying, <laughs> calling anybody to anything. Right. We were just in there, everybody was just in there singing. Mm. And I was just so overcome. I remember, Rich, I remember, I remember uh, running out the back of this place, mm. took off and ran just by out just, just by myself. Yeah. Just took off running out the back into the into the night. It was like we're out of the out of the place. I'm sure counselors were good. We gotta go find Chris. <laughs> what was he doing? But I remember in it was pitch black outside and I found this tree. Yeah. Ran and found this tree, knelt under this tree. I could probably take you this tree today. And I just knelt there and said, God, whatever you want. I said, I have no and I remember saying this specifically. God, I, I really feel like you're speaking to me. I don't know what that is. Wow. I said, you're the creator of the world and I'm in eighth grade. So what in the world do I have to say to you? Right. But I know you're speaking to me and all, and, but I don't know what you're saying. Hmm. I was just honest because it's like, but I said, whatever you want for the rest of my life, hmm. here I am. I just want to be available to you. Hmm. And I know you're speaking to me and calling me to something. I don't know what that is, but I want you to know I'll go wherever you want me to go. And it wasn't like, there was no in my mind of being a musician, a songwriter, singer. Right. It was just that moment of just like God calling me. I felt like God was really speaking to me. Mm. And I hear people, you know, always say, God speak to me. He said this. I didn't, I don't know. I didn't know what he said. Right. I'm just, so if you're out there going, I, I don't really understand, but I was, I'm in the same place with you. <laughs> I didn't understand what he was, what mm. God was saying. I just felt something in my heart pulling me like this. And I knew mm. there was a knowing, even as a young kid, that mm. this was something different. This was, right. looking back, it's the whole Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, mm. right? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing you. Yeah. I'm, I'm calling you out. And just responding to that. And I think that's what God, that's what he's looking for more than anything. He's not mm. looking for, um, Everything all together. You have any? Have, okay, now you've got it all together. Now I can. Now right. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, I said, God, whatever you want. And it started. This started this journey uh, for me. I call them these awakening moments. That was a real awakening moment. And it was. And it, and as I moved further on in life, I would have these other kind of those awakening moments where the light comes on again. You're like, oh, mm. I see it clear, more clear. But it started getting opportunities to play in my church more and more. And mm. I loved when people would sing with me. Right. I did not like singing to people. Huh. I, as, as, and that's how I, that's as elementary as I knew how to say it. Did right. not know the term worship music, okay. honestly. Never heard the word worship leader. Uh -huh. Never heard those terms. Well, did you go to a church that was like that? No, I went to um, this uh, Southern Baptist church uh -huh. in in Texas. We sang three hymns every right. Sunday. Yeah. We had the message, then we watched the Dallas Cowboys. That was that was pretty <laughs> much, church. that was church. Right. You, you got three three songs, you had the message, and you're, then you're home, yeah. basically. And it was... Great. So I, one of the things I love about that, that uh, it was an incredible people, incredible heritage. Mm. I learned so much about the Bible. I love where I love where I come from, but it wasn't this like just these worship sets of just of music that was just you know that I really got into. I'm mm. thankful that I learned it put all this knowledge of the hymns in my yeah. in, in me that always mm. comes out in mm -hmm. my music, but. I didn't know what it was, but I would get a chance. They'd say, hey, you know how to play guitar. You're in our youth group. Why don't you get and play a song? And I would play a song in my church, and I would go home, and I'd tell my, my mom. This is as elementary as I say, mom, I, just, I really like it when people sing with me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I don't <laughs> like performing. Yeah. I don't like to stand up there and singing. I want to I, I want to sing songs that people sing with me. Right. And looking back, now I see the plan. I see what God, yeah. he had that. He had gifted me that way to mm. to love that to mm -hmm. to chase that yeah. to like okay 
that's 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 unique to me. Mm. I that God was wor- wiring me to lead people to worship to start writing songs that mm. were simple, mm-hmm. easy to sing, right. people could sing, and mm. that's what I really loved, mm. and I still love that to this day. Mm. That's what I love more than anything. I've mm. never wanted to chase being a performer, uh, yeah. entertainer, that mm. kind of thing. I love. I love people having a good time. I love when they come to concerts. I hope they know it's excellent and they're, mm. they are inspired. But it, it, the biggest thing is that at some point in the night, everybody is just singing. locked together singing to yeah. God and worshiping God. Mm. That's So from a young kid, that's that's where it was. And from a, that eighth grader under that tree saying, God, whatever you want me to do, yeah. how, how it turned into this is just crazy. Right. So the story I told where I was at your house, I yeah. remember... Um, going to the restroom and along the wall you had a, um, a shelf with a whole bunch of awards. Yeah. And at the time I was like amazed. Mm. But now I go, oh, hearing your story, um, from a young kid obviously you would, God has spoken to you and directed you. Yeah. But my question would be, was that a straight line from young kid to Grammy Award? <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. No straight line. Right. So, no, no straight line. So did you, like how did you... I guess, um, how did you continue to pursue, yeah. I guess, creativity and, your, and the arts and, and get yeah. better musically? Yeah. You want the real story? Yeah. <laughs> so I was, in, I was in high school. I'm getting about senior in high school, and this guy comes to my house, and he was a music minister in our mm-hmm. church, and he traveled and played music. I thought that was the greatest thing. How, right. how do you do that? I mean, nobody in my family's ever been in ministry. My dad's a pharmacist. I work. I worked okay. at a pharmacy every day. Yeah. I I said I was a drug dealer. I delivered drugs. <laughs> I delivered drugs to nursing homes. That's what I did. Right. And no one in my family's ever done anything like this. And but this guy in my church, he would go and travel, and people would come and listen and play. I thought this guy's amazing. Mm-hmm. He's about my dad's age. I'm in high school. He comes to my house one day. Mm-hmm. I'm going. I'm driving. He said, "Chris, I'm driving about three hours. I've already asked your parents. You can. Come, I want you to come with me. Help set up everything, and you can sell the tapes in the back. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Tapes. That'll yeah. tell you what time what period of years it was. <laughs> so I'm selling the tapes. For those of you who don't know what tapes are, Google them. They're amazing. <laughs> it's an amazing time in music. Awesome. And um, so I'm 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 in the back. I'm in high school. And he stopped, there's about 500 people, and, and he mm. he stops in his concert. He's going, you know, I got a friend here, Chris. He's in the back, and he's going to um, he's gonna come up and play some songs for you guys. And I'm like, he he didn't mention this to me. This is his plan all along, but he did not mention this to me, did not say that he was going to do this. I was not prepared for that. I was, I'd only played at my church. Right. When you only play at your church, you don't know if you're any good. Right. Because everybody's <laughs> They're going to be nice to you. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't and I was horrible. I got up, and it was just, I mean, honestly, it was really bad. And I, and I, I think I got the sympathy claps, like, please get off that, please get off right. stage. And afterwards, a guy came up to me and said, well, man, that was powerful. Why don't you come to my church? Huh. And why don't you come, would you come to my church and sing? And I was like, what? And it started this thing where that led into the next thing, into the next thing, mm-hmm. into the next thing. And I go to this church, mm. I go to the guy's church, and he said, would you come play? We're doing a youth crusade in the summer, and we'd love for you to play the whole week. And I said, yes, not thinking... I should not say this because I didn't have enough songs. I only knew three right. songs. Right. But I said yes. I had three songs in my in right. my three bullets in the gun. And that was it. And I started thinking, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to play for a week. I don't know any songs. Right. You're gonna this is amazing how God puts things together. This guy calls me. He's got this real low voice. He said, Hey, my name is James. It's like, hey, 
I'm Chris. And he said, I'm speaking at this youth crusade and I see that you're the guy that's doing the music. And I was like, yeah, he goes, I'm calling you because I've never heard of you. And I'm calling you to see what kind of music you do, kind of know who I'm going to be with for the right. week. And I was like, well, James, the reason you never heard of me is I've never done this before. I don't know. And I said, I got three songs. And I was really proud. And he's like, and you could hear the long pause. And he goes, and I don't, this is just the Lord. He's like, well, can I send you some music? I was like, yeah. So he sends me some tapes in the mail. <laughs> and it's produced, it says, it's all these little worship tapes. This is produced by Louis Giglio. <laughs> I'm 19 years old. I'm like, that's a funny name. That's all I think. I right. don't know who that is. And it's all these worship songs, these new little, these new, I love you, Lord. Lord, you're more right. precious than silver and mighty is the Lord. All these new choruses are coming. Yeah. And I'm just like, I love these songs. I just learned them all. Mm -hmm. And that started my first time of, uh, of, of leading worship. And I had, I, I just had note cards mm. with all the songs written on, written on the lyrics and the chords. And yeah. I would just, I would just play the, I would just put the note cards on the stage and just, I didn't right. never looked at anybody. I was scared to death. <laughs> and I just play the songs. And that week, that guy, James, he comes to me at the end of the week. Mm. He said, Chris, two things. And I was like, yeah. He's like, I got two things. I've been praying for you. I was like, I'm sure you have. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> yeah. he said, he goes, I got two things for you. One is, you have no idea what you're doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, well, thank you. Yeah. God bless you. God's shared you. And, and then secondly, he said, you have no idea how God's going to use you, your music all over the world. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget that. And he put his hand on my head. We're standing there. That was weird. He didn't say, I'm going to pray for you. Right. I wasn't ready for that. And you're from your Baptist my, church. My Baptist church. This is weird. I didn't see this coming. He puts his hand on my head, just looks right into my eyes. And he mm -hmm. said, God, make Chris a psalm writer for his generation. Mm -hmm. And he just looks at me, and it was like lightning went through me, man. Hmm. And that started a journey of opportunities yeah. from not every— and I'm saying all this to say I never tried to do it. Hmm. There was never a, a point where I was like, I'm going to go do—I'm I'm just I'm going to go make this happen. Right. It was the Lord just mm. opening up all these mm. from that, and I would I would try to do other things. I was going to school to be in sports medicine. Right. I was going to be. Uh, I, was, I wanted to work in some kind of sports, on some kind of sports team, doing physical therapy. I thought, or doing some kind of um, some kind of medical work. That's mm. what I thought I was doing. Right. And I would every time I'd have my plan, I would be setting my agenda for graduate school and all these things. I would I would come back to that prayer as an eighth mm. grader. God would take me back. Yeah. God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And, I, right. and all these opportunities were coming from music. Yeah. I, would, I don't even know why. I'm fielding all these calls by the time I'm in college. Mm. I'm, every weekend, people are calling me, would you come play? Hey, we love your songs. Would you come play at our thing? I'm like, and it was all over Texas. It was really Texas. And, and it was just me and a guitar. And I go, yeah, I'd love to come play. And I didn't know how these people were getting my name. I'd mm. keep saying, how are you getting my name <laughs> and my number? I'm just going to school. Right. And college, it was, it's amazing looking back, thinking... Mm. Wow, I, mm. I this was there was no there was in a world today that is so much that, that you feel so much striving and I have to do this and I have to yeah. and if it's going to be done I got to work and work mm -hmm. and make this happen. Mm. I just say that it hit me today mm. that when I was starting I was thinking about David, yeah, and the other and the brothers mm. and they had the brothers lined up, all his brothers lined up who were yeah. they just seemed like the right ones. Mm -hmm. They're like, these are the guys. One of these has got to be God's. And remember, right. Samuel goes through and looking at the brothers, mm -hmm. and he says, no, um, mm -hmm. he goes, there's got to be somebody else. This is not, this is not. I yeah. don't really sense God leading me to one of these. 
it's not him. And Jesse, the dad, says, oh, I got I got one more back right. there. And he's <laughs> yeah. out there keeping the sheep. Right. And it hit me that maybe you feel like, gosh, what does God really see me? Mm. Maybe you're a worship leader and you're keeping the sheep. You're just doing right. your thing with the pe- with the people. Mm-hmm. You keep doing your thing faithfully. Does God really see me? Mm-hmm. Maybe, it, maybe it, these other people look like they've got it better. Mm. And God said, no, it's that one. It, it's that one. And I've, I've always felt that way. Yeah, I've always felt that way because I, I never tried to do this. Uh-huh. And it was definitely... I, in some way, I was like, it's it's that one. That one. It's it's that one. Um, I come from from where I come from, yeah. from what I I should never be here. You yeah. know, I mean, and so it's it's amazing to me. We'll get right back to the episode, brought to you by our Hillsong Worship and Creative Conference, which happens in Sydney, Australia, every November. It's for every kind of creative, whether you're a musician, singer, a graphic designer, architect, an audio engineer, or video editor. It's a place for the artists of the church to gather together, to worship, to be inspired and refreshed, and to be equipped and trained for your sphere of creativity. Come be a part of everything happening on site, like the exclusive collabs with practical training from our key Hillsong team. The conference has limited spaces, so if you can't make it to Sydney this year, why not join the online conference experience so you don't miss a moment of the main sessions? Find out more at hillsong.com forward slash WCC. We can't wait to host you in November. Now, let's get back to the episode. I'm Chris Tomlin, and this is my Fantastic Four. The title of the current chapter of my life would be, How Did This Happen? That would be the, that would be the title. How did this happen? One, my music. How, how has this happened? Um, amazing things I've gotten to do, my music. But also how this happened, <laughs> that I have... Um, an amazing wife and two girls, two little girls. When I only came from boys, and my house is filled up with girls, <laughs> so how did this happen? Takes on a whole another another world of like, oh my gosh, how did this happen, and how do I do this? Maybe it's how did this happen, and how do I do this? My favorite cuisine would be thin crust pizza. I mean, it's got to be that kind of burnt crust, kind of New York style, very thin crust. The last book that I read was The Wright Brothers, David McCullough. David McCullough is my favorite author. He's an American historian and writes on the history of so many. And I love his. I love history. It's like one of my favorite things. And The Wright Brothers, obviously, just their quest of creating flight and of man-powered, of powered flight. And it is, and we learned that in the history books about the Wright Brothers and Kitty Hawk and the, the first plane. But it's like, it's amazing what they did. The perseverance, the things that I learned, and uh, the opening sentence. I never, the opening sentence of the book, I can still remember, says, No bird soars in the calm. And that's the opening sentence of the book. No bird ever soars in the calm. And I thought, well, how, how amazing is that to life, right? No bird soars in the calm. Now, that is, that's the truth. It's, it's, the, it's the resistance. It's the wind resistance that makes you soar. It's the resistance that comes against you. And that whole book is about that. The whole book is all the resistance that came against these brothers and their absolute genius and their absolute brilliance and their perseverance on no money, no fame. They had nothing. They did it themselves at a bicycle shop. And in the back of the bicycle shop on just pennies, they started creating the first airplane. 
and I'm reading it on an airplane. So when you're reading this flying, you're like, oh my gosh, it was these guys. If I didn't have to sleep, I would probably try to figure out golf, how to play golf. I try and try and try, and it's just when I think I'm getting pretty good, the next day I go out and it's awful and it's so frustrating. And I'm a very competitive person and I want to master it and it's just not a game you can master. So I know people would think maybe I should pray if I wasn't sleeping, that it maybe should be my answer is pray. That probably should be my answer, let's be honest. But uh, I think I might try to figure out golf. <laughs> Often people will ask me about, you know, you're out and about and people say, oh, what, what's this? What's the real secret behind Hillsong Church? What's the, you know, tell me the, yeah. you know, the inside word. And I, I guess I look at it from the inside. I've um, been here for 20-something years and I see the faithfulness and just the grace of God on Pastor Brian and Bobby and on the, on the church. Yep. And alongside that, see people just laying down their life, continuing to just choose yep. God yes. and to choose faithfulness and yes. the hard work of that. Yes. Sounds to me like you're describing a similar, yeah, a similar life. Yes, where you're just, you're saying it's God. There's been these moments. Yeah, but obviously there's been a lot of hard work along the a way. A lot of hard work. It's a lot of steps. Mm. It's a lot of yeah. You, there's never been an um, this overnight thing where like people. I mean, it's years and years. I'll probably mm. I would just because it was it was back to that. Eighth grader prayer, right? Yeah. Uh, God, I'll do, I'll do whatever. I'll go whatever. Yeah. And it was years and years. Mm. And it's been years and years of just, I never had a band. I didn't have a, right. there was no record label. There was no CDs. Uh-huh. It's just, I just want to write songs from the Bible studies I'm, I was involved with. And which I started traveling, doing youth camps, doing youth things. So many years of doing, I mean, I've, I've done so many things. I, I did a concert. One time, yeah. where there was six people came, uh-huh. okay, like in the in the total total in the room total right. six <laughs> six. It's demoralizing. It's demoralizing. <laughs> yeah. And I remember the guy introduced me with a microphone. I was like, yeah. bro, you don't have to have a mic. Right, right. They, <laughs> they're they right hear. here. It's all good. And I remember this. This was the introduction. You ready for this? Here's the introduction. Well, we got Chris Tomlin here. Everybody's excited. He has crickets, and um, he's like, <laughs> he's like, uh, uh, he's got, you know, really, uh, he's got some music. I've, he got, he's got CDs back there. Um, they're by the Nachos. Um, I've heard it. It's pretty good. <laughs> that <laughs> was bad. intro. Yeah. Welcome, Chris Tomlin. Right. And you're like, uh. these are things. I mean, I one of my first concert I ever did. Mm. Um, Nobody came, mm-hmm. and they went and got buses from the blind and deaf school of kids. <laughs> they bussed them in because nobody came. Yeah. And they brought them in. And so I did a concert to people who could not see me or hear me. Right. The whole concert. Right. <laughs> I mean, people would not believe if I, I could tell you story after story, and yeah. they think, oh, my gosh, you've probably always just walked up and spent arenas, mm. and people, and you've probably, all your music's won awards yeah. and stuff like that. Is it's a lot of hard work. Mm. It's a lot of just staying true to like, but I just knew it wasn't. A, so if if it was about, if if I didn't know why I was doing it, mm. if I didn't know why I was doing it, mm. those things would have stopped you in your tracks. You'd have been yeah. like, this is, doesn't work. Right. But I wasn't, but I knew why. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew deep down, 
um, why I was mm. doing this mm. because it was God's calling me to do it mm. and give me opportunities. And I was like, okay, Lord, where where are we going next? Yeah. And then uh, then I find myself, you know, in Uganda, mm-hmm. and it's all these people, and I'm right. like, what in the world? How how is this little guy from a little Texas town mm. in Uganda? And the, the and the microphone that I'm that like I'm singing into was taped to a volleyball pole. They yes. didn't have a mic stand. Right. And it's taped to a volleyball pole and I'm staring at a volleyball pole singing to all these people. <laughs> it was like, I mean, just the crazy things, you know, I think that people see something like, gosh, I'd love to do what you do. I'm like, but yeah. that's great. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's going to be about 20 years mm-hmm. of, you know, I've been doing this for 20 something years yeah. and it's going to be mm-hmm. at least 10 years of just, you don't even know what's yeah. what's going to happen the next mm-hmm. next the next week or the next month or where you're going to be provided for yeah. and how's that, how's that going to work? And I used to think, Lord, I can't do this. How am I ever going to get married? How am mm-hmm. I ever going to go to a, 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 yeah. my the girl's dad and say, uh, Yeah, I'm not sure exactly if I can make any money, but right. I want to make. You know, I had all those insecurities. Like I don't know how to do music. I don't know. How to, mm. Is this going to work? I had all those things. Mm. But man, I look back now and I'm so thankful to taking those steps. Mm. And that's faith, right? When you're taking it, when it's not, it's not all lined out. Yeah. And I've said this for a long time and I mean it if God has something to say he will move mountains to put you where he wants you if he if he has something for you to do he will put you on the the platform that he wants you on mm-hmm. be encouraged by that mm-hmm. he is he's in control and I've always tried to rest in that yeah. and every time I start getting in there and trying to make it work mm-hmm. it's just so much striving mm-hmm. and it's and when and then when I just say okay lord I'm just open Man, amazing things happen, and and you can just rest in that, and Mm. yeah, love that. Um, Have you ever had times where one part of life is is being super successful, and then the I guess more private or personal side of life, there's other things that you just you have an angst about. Mm. How do you reconcile that? Well, for the longest time, I had had so much trouble with relationship. I did. I was single, Mm. so you can imagine the the oh, it was awful. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Just having this amazing success, mm-hmm. nobody to share it with, really. You just play all these tours yeah. and you go home and it was like, it's just so quiet and mm-hmm. and you wrestle with that and you just, so many lies that start coming in, all yeah. the doubts and like, and the, the thing that's most important in life, you know, is relationship and people and you, you don't have that and it's, and you are really well known by people, but you don't, you you feel really lonely. There's a lot of loneliness, I think, for a, for several years. Mm. But you know, I just try to stay the course and just fall down, get up, fall down, get up, yeah. f- fall down, get up. Uh, all all in that journey of finally. And I look at myself now. Now I'm, I have a family and right. it's beautiful. But for the longest time, I thought, is that ever going to come? Uh-huh. Is that because that that's you know that that's what I was really uh, longing for, looking mm. for. Yeah. Do you ever look back and think, I, I mean, I know I do, I look back on times like that where I've had just tough seasons, doubts and failure and just stuff. Oh, yeah. And look back now and go, oh, like it's sort of in the scheme of things, God's worked it out. Yeah. But it was felt so big at the time. Yeah. Um, now I look back and go, what was I ever worried about? I guess back to Judah's thing of yeah. he's in the car, he's, God's driving. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think be. it was a lot of me taking control of that part of my life, right. and that's a bad move. Right. And looking back, I look. I think you know, 
God, you can you can have my you can have all of this, but this one part of my life, you don't really know what's best for me, right? And I know what's best for me, mm. and uh, you know, and you don't re- maybe you don't really know, and so it just mm. fell apart so mm. many times, mm-hmm. and it would knock me down, mm. and I would make mistakes because it was I was so much in control of it, right? And and thought mm. I thought I knew best, yeah, you know. I love that God's brought you through that, and um, oh yeah, got a lovely wife, two beautiful two, daughters, two little girls, six and three. Uh-huh. My wife is Lauren, my daughters Ashlyn and Madison, and yeah, they're the. Has that amazing. have they completely changed life? Oh yes, well you know it completely reorients your yeah all your priorities instantly. Mm. I remember when uh, when Ashlyn was born. You know, we had uh, we were we were, at a, we were at a normal traditional hospital in America, but we had the midwife doula th- person there too. Okay. Lauren, my wife, wanted to have a natural childbirth, right. <laughs> and so she's so strong. Mm. But can you imagine if it was up to guys for the populate the world <laughs> no. It'd be over? Yeah. And so she's just. But we have this girl that was kind of helping her. Mm. Well, as soon as Ashlyn was born, they didn't need to help Lauren. They had to resuscitate me. I was. <laughs> I I think I don't think, I, I think I might have passed out. Right. I was on the. I remember just being on the floor, heaving, bawling my eyes out. I was. I wasn't ready for that. I was just so overcome. Right. People tell me it's like, um, man. When I had, I, I would just talk to people. Like, when I had my first child, when I had my mm-hmm. child, it was they'd be like, it was the greatest day of my life. Is right. and I'd be like, and honestly, this is between me and you and everybody. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like. You need to get a life. That's what I would think. Of. Right. Like, Look at all these things I get. Do you talking about the greatest day of your life? Having yeah, a kid? No, that, I get to go yeah. on tour. I get to do these things. Mm-hmm. And then when Ashton was born, mm-hmm. I was like, I was on the floor, mm-hmm. and kind of been on the floor since because mm-hmm. it's just, it's a, it's the awe of like that being a dad. That I realize it's the one thing I can never quit doing. Mm-hmm. You can quit your marriage. Right. I, I, God forbid that ever happens, mm-hmm. and I don't ever plan on that. Mm-hmm. But you can quit marriage in life. You can quit everything. You, you can quit your job. You can, quit, you can never quit being a dad. Yeah. I'm always going to be her dad. Mm. I'm always going to be um, Madison's dad, those two girls. Mm. That's a massive thing. Mm. You don't quit that. Yeah. That's for life, you know? Mm. And I was like, and it just hit me. It's like, it's a complete change of priorities and it's a complete change. And so it rewired everything the way I think about things, yeah. um, the way I think about how I balance my life and my music now, mm. you know, forever. I was just, I'm just going. Yeah. And now it's like, no, you don't just go. What, what, you can't just go and then you show up and your kids are 15, 16 years old and they don't know who you are. Right. That doesn't work. That yeah. is, that, that's not God's plan. Mm. But so this is like, it's just a beautiful, rich time. Mm. Yeah, I uh, love that. Yeah. So um, songwriting, you're known for songs um, with the family and with commitments, traveling and whatnot. Um do you find that it's harder to find time to be to create? Sure, it's it's harder to find time, but um, and I always think that after every, after every record's done, it's done. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, I don't. There's no way I'll ever have right. another song. Yeah, but you know, this conference, this theme is there is more, right? uh-huh. and I think about that scripture, um, sing a new song and yeah. song forty, sing a new, song. and it just keeps, and God just keeps mm-hmm. giving bringing more, the song, bringing more, yeah. bringing more thoughts, more ideas, more. M- more inspiration and the way I write is always in pieces I never a song doesn't really just come right. it just it, uh, fully sometimes mm-hmm. but most of the time it's just in pieces mm-hmm. and my I have a phone filled with with just melodies and 
voice memos of things and mm. um and I, I love to get together then i get together with some guys that i really trust and love mm. and we we write and i i now i'm very intentional where yeah. because of family and because of touring i have to be very intentional so i schedule it right it's it's on the calendar i heard uh-huh. somebody say if it's not on the calendar it's not real okay and i was like that is so true you can right. say all you want oh, i'm gonna mm-hmm. do this i'm gonna do that but it's, it's like, unless it's on your calendar yeah. and like that was really good for me so it's yeah. it's down on august 10 right. 11 12 this is what i'm doing right. on august, and so i really try to be intentional yeah. of scheduling it down not just saying oh next week i'm gonna write I'm gonna, right. okay what day yeah when am i gonna do it right when am i when am i setting that out hmm. set, setting that up and so to be very purposeful and obviously the all the inspiration comes the, it, it comes in different times from that it just right. it comes that i can never explain that <laughs> where, how, how a song comes, but mm. it, they just come. Mm. But then, but then writing that down of like, this is what I'm going to get really serious about trying to finish this, whatever, whatever's right. in my heart about this. Okay. I'm going to try to finish it here because yeah, now it's way more, right? I right. mean, there's not really. If I sit at the, if I'm at home, if I sit at the piano. I got two little girls around me immediately saying, "That's great, Dad. Let's sing, let it go." <laughs> right. <laughs> That's nice what you're right, trying to right, do. Right. But let's can we can we yeah. sing uh something that we yeah. like? And so yeah, that's 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 where I am. Yeah. So would you you would not um, prescribe to the thought that, you know, just you have to be late at night and um, you know, as a creative, I guess there's this stereotype of yeah. um not being planned and not having a calendar. Not for me. Right. I'm more of a that that for a lot of people that is really the way it flows and mm. I and I get that for me it's uh I like structure I'm mm. a pretty structured guy mm-hmm. and uh, I like sitting down with, so you know I say it's going to be on this day yeah. and we're going and we're going to work together but it may it may take me way beyond that right. it's not like I'm going to go work from ten to five and whatever right. happens happens right. I have I think I am very relentless mm-hmm. about songs and mm-hmm. once I have a song. Mm-hmm. It, I will I will keep working on that song mm. until I finally have to say that's I mean <laughs> let it go <laughs> let it go let it go right because you know there's so many there's so many ways I could go but you know at, at some point I have to say and I think it's 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 harder it's been harder now than ever kind of mm. landing the plane on songs because of the back because of right. my because of having so many years of a of a bar set right. And I feel the. I sometimes mm. I feel that of like, mm-hmm. what well, does it match up to these in the past? Right. And so I feel I feel all that, mm. but I just have to let it go. Yeah, yeah. And just say this is the best I can do for right now. Mm. But I I have I will not. I never settle. Like mm. when I when a song comes mm. and it's written, that does not mean it's what it's going to be like by the time it right. gets. I don't ever settle. I always always think, is there a way I can make this better? And and then when I tweak the verse and make uh-huh. it a little better, I was like, oh, now the chorus has got to be better than that. Right. I'm always tweaking and always mm. thinking and always in it, trying to make it better and better and better. Mm. Is it then a deadline that stops you, or you pretty just, much? Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, okay, it's time to put this on a record, and we have to go with it. Yeah, and, right. But you just have to you have to be good with. Okay, there's a there's three or four options that people will not hear. Right. You know uh-huh. <laughs> that they won't hear, and you just got to be good with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Ruben and Ben were writing Mighty to Save, they, oh, they, um, Ben would come home from a writing session. He'd lived with us for a while, and he'd play us the you know the latest chorus. And so we, Cass and I, got to know 
the chorus. Yeah. And then you come back the next week and it was different. <laughs> different. And we're disappointed because yeah, yeah. of we that the, process, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the old one. Um, yeah. But in that, the I guess I loved watching the collaboration and I guess I've loved watching your collaboration with people yes, too. Yes, yes. How do you see that? What's the place of collaboration? That's the strength, man. That is the strength. That has really changed. That changed my life when mm. collaboration started happening. Early on, obviously, I didn't know anybody. Right. <laughs> Just be by myself. Uh-huh. Right, writing songs, you know. Mm-hmm. And as I got to know these relationships and build relationships like mm-hmm. Ben and mm-hmm. Ruben and Matt Redman yeah. and Jonas and Ed Cash, that that whole the Ed Cash world, that mm-hmm. that was a life changer. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, a great story on that. Ed's a producer in Nashville. He produces great music. Yeah. And at the time, I loved the music he produced, mm-hmm. and I'd called him and said, "Would you produce my music?" And he mm-hmm. said. Uh, no. He said, I don't, I don't like worship music. This, right. this is our first right. conversation. He goes, I think it's subpar. I think it's lame. He's just going off. I'm like, I don't know this guy. Who is this guy? Who does he think he is? Mm. I was completely offended. Mm. And I said, well, I don't know why. I said, well, would you think about it? And I'll call you back. Mm. He said, sure. And he started thinking about it. And it started coming. And, and we ended up working together. So he said, well, <laughs> well let's, play some, let's play me some songs. So I, I bring the song. I have this song my first record with Ed and I said I have this song and I think it's good it's called yeah. How Great Is Our God and I play him the chorus and he goes that's pretty good and i never forget he's sitting in a sofa like I'm sitting now mm. there's a wall in my back and there's a guitar hanging over the wall and mm. I'll never forget he grabs his guitar Yeah, I don't know that he can play and sing I just know he's made great music Right. and he says you know I, he goes I was listening to that and I feel like it needs something else and I'm like who are you I'm right. like, who does this guy think he is? Right. This is a pretty good song. Yeah. And I never forget, he grabs his guitar and he starts going, You're the name above all names. You are worth... He goes, what about something like, You are worthy of all praise. Love it. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And he said, you know, Chris, after I got off the phone with you, mm. he said, I was laying in my bed and I was thinking about our conversation and how I just went off on worship music. And he said, God grabbed me and he said, how dare you curse what I've kissed? Wow. And he said, I got on my face and I repented and I'd love to work with you. It's the first worship record he ever made with me. It was How Great Is Our God. Amazing. Holy Is The Lord, all those songs. Mm. Now he makes it, he's like known as the- Now he loves worship music. Now now everybody's like, now everybody thinks that guy is like the worship producer. But it started off with like, I don't- but that collaboration started in a really special way. Yeah. And then with all my friends that collaborate, and I found that mm-hmm. when you open yourself, mm-hmm. when you open yourself to like, no, this is, when you can say, this is not, uh, a lot of people go in saying, this is my thing. This is what God gave me. Right. This is the way it goes. Mm-hmm. And then when, but when you can open it mm-hmm. and, and you can listen to somebody else and trust, it is so much powerful what these right. songs, how, what happens with these songs. Yeah. I think about, I would not have, I wouldn't be sitting here with you, I don't think, right. without the collaboration of these people mm-hmm. and just the strength of the songs and yeah. them making them better. Mm-hmm. And then, but at the end of the day, um, if it's for me, mm-hmm. I have to say, mm-hmm. I have to make the decision of like, what do I feel the strongest about leading? You know, I can have all these input. You can have input all you all you want, but at the end of the day, it's on me to right. go. This is the direction I feel like I want to go with the song. This is what I feel like God's given mm-hmm. me, and yeah, yeah, amazing. Hey, well, we've used up a lot of time, and I'm really grateful that you came and you chat. I feel like I've got a bunch more questions as well. And we could. I, I wish we could keep going. Day, but, I wish we could keep going. Um, thank you. My understanding is you've got an album coming out in the fall. I do. Um, do you want to just? Quickly share a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's going to be called Holy Roar. Yeah. I wrote this book with, uh, with uh, 
my friend Darren called Holy Roar. Uh-huh. He's a pastor in Nashville. Yeah. It's the best worship, best message on worship I think I've ever heard in my life. Wow. He gave him one Sunday. Mm-hmm. I never heard mm-hmm. about these about what praise really means. Right. And I thought I've heard every message on worship you can. I've given them. Right. And then I was like, what in the world? And so we wrote this book called Holy Roar. Yeah. And that has been amazing, but I think the record is going to be called Holy Roar. Yeah. And I've been working on this record for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so proud of it. I cannot wait for people to hear some of these songs. Mm. They are just, again, the same. It's I'm, I'm going after the same thing. Yeah. It all goes through the filter of, mm. is this going to be something when I'm walking up that people can sing with me? Yeah. Is this going to be just performing world? Mm. I'm not interested in that. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be something that people can sing with sing with me in? Yeah. And I'm always trying to, that lens and trying to create it in a way that is musically great, but always comes back to, man, I can, I can lead that at my church. Yeah. And gosh, we've gone through so many, so many songs, right. um, gone through some interesting different producers on this with Ed, along with Ed. And I'm excited for people to hear um, mm. what, what this is going to be. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, well, thanks so much. And I can't wait till we get to do this again. Yeah. 2.0. All right. All right done. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. You're welcome. Hey, well, that was a pretty fun interview. I loved chatting with Chris and I loved hearing beyond the songwriter and the worship leader and the, I guess the person we, we see on the platform to the, the heart of the man. He's a worshiper through and through and he, he loves God and he wants to do his best to honour him. And I think there's something for us all to be learned in that. Next up, we've got this week's story for the Psalms of Ascent. And you can find out more at hillsong.com forward slash WCC. And don't forget to join us in the 100-Day Creative Challenge. Why is it that a drummer would wake up at 5.30 in the morning, load their drums into the back of their car, drive in the cold, to somewhere where they've got to set their drums up and play. I mean, why do we do that every week for years and years and years? It it can't just be because you love playing drums. And sometimes you can kind of get caught up in, in all the details and all the factors that can impact us. But if you boil it down to the fact that, you know, I want to serve God with my gift, it actually makes the decision to just keep going that much easier. I don't know if uh, how much we we forge our character in like on the mountaintop moments. It's it's more in the mundane, everyday, uh, and, and the disappointment times of our lives where where our character is forged. Your calling is 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 about attaching your gifts to God's purposes, and we just continue day by day to do what God has called us to do my biggest encouragement to you would be show up this week, then the following week show up and do it, then the following week show up and do it because there is so much growth and there's development in in just showing up and just sticking to the plan. Well, that's it for today's episode. I really hope you've enjoyed it. If you'd like to subscribe, you can do that pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even YouTube. 
We'd also like to hear from you too. So if you have a comment, you can do that on our Instagram, which is at HillsongWCC. And we'll see you next time.